0: Another statistic that's hard to fathom is the number of Syria's war refugees. The UN puts it at 1.5 million, a third of them are in Jordan. Adrian Frickey and her colleague Keith Wattenpaul went there last month to talk with one specific group of Syrian refugees, university students. They did their investigation for the International Institute of Education and the UC Davis Human Rights Initiative. Fricky says Syria is unusual in the region because it offers free tuition to anyone who makes a grade, and that includes women.
1: The reason that Dr. Wattenpah and I were so interested in this group of people is that they represent Syria's human capital. They represent the best hope for Syria in a post-conflict setting to rebuild because every country needs engineers, people who can teach, people who can provide the necessary structure for society in order to avoid a failed state.
0: Describe the scene on the ground in these refugee camps, in these circles and cliques of students when you were there. I mean, what are their concerns? What did they tell you?
1: Well, we spoke to a number of students, and it's important to note that the majority of Syrian refugees in Jordan actually do not live in refugee camps. And that means that it's very difficult to provide services to them. The majority of them do not have any real resources, even if they have the paperwork to attend university. And those people are extremely frustrated. In a sense, you find people who were studying chemical engineering in Syria and they're washing cars now in Jordan when they're lucky enough to get those jobs. And that's a common refugee story. Right. You asked specifically about the students in Zaatari camp in Jordan. The largest camp is the Zaatari refugee camp, which by some estimates is the third or fourth largest city in Jordan at this time because based on population. And we spoke to a lot of women students actually in Zaatari camp. I would say that there's a lot of frustration because the feeling is that they have a lot to give. You know, for example, there are people who would almost finish their studies in primary education but were not able and of course there's a tremendous need to teach preschool or kindergarten or first grade within a refugee camp. But those jobs within schools are reserved for Jordanians, which makes perfect sense. It's frustrating to the Syrians, I think, that they can't organize for themselves. It was very Touching, though, we spoke to one young woman who said that not only she, but three of her brothers were all university students, and one actually was a medical student. And she said, you know, in our house, studying is holy. And it was very touching because Mm. her house at the time is a UNHCR tent. And I think that Mm. for me, it's uh, very meaningful because there's so much concern about Who are these refugees and what does it mean for Jordan and other host countries to have such a large population of people? And of course, the concern is that these are people who can be politicized and radicalized very easily. Because Well, I was just going
0: to ask, I mean, you you talk about the frustration. I mean, we've, for obvious reasons, have been talking about radicalization a lot on the program and how alienation and isolation plays into that. I mean, are we looking at a kind of choice for these refugees as – They're either going to get get an education or they're going to get radicalized.
1: Well, we certainly hope that's not the choice. We hope it's not a binary. But I think it's a concern. And I can tell you that our impression was that there was certainly a, a lot of political consciousness. I mean, it's very difficult for someone who's been displaced from their country not to have a political opinion about what's going on. But we did not get the sense that the vast majority of these students were actively engaged in politics, or if they were, that that was in a very nonviolent way.
0: So I asked Adrienne Fricky what's the solution for these young, educated Syrians? She says it has to be a regional one.
1: We've looked at the possibility of trying to get some of these students into the Egyptian educational system. An important factor is that these are people who are studying in Arabic, And while countries like Turkey have extended incredibly generous support, Turkish is a very difficult language, particularly at an academic level. And these are also not students who are used to studying in English. Mm. So they speak Arabic, and it's important that they continue their studies in Arabic. They're also more likely to go back to Syria and rebuild if they stay in the region.
0: Adrian Fricke consults on human rights issues. She recently returned from Jordan, where she spoke with Syrian student refugees.